I am so happy that you're able to join us for this extended interview. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get more killer resources. All right, so we've been talking about landing a remote job for a while now, but the one thing you're probably most curious about is how to learn the online skills you need to land these jobs. I'm not just talking about getting a brief introduction, but learning from actual accredited schools so you can be taken seriously when you apply for these jobs. You've been waiting for a while and I'm really sorry about that, but I have finally created a whole page listing the best courses to take from teaching English online to becoming a freelance writer and so much more, all from trusted sources that will get you that remote job. So if you're ready and serious to take the next step, then visit theoffbeatlife.com slash learn online skills to get started. Again, you can visit theoffbeatlife.com slash learn online skills to get started. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here for this extended interview with Chase where he's going to talk about how to navigate your way and find out the right lifestyle as a remote worker. Hey Chase, how are you? I'm doing great, Debbie. Good to see you. It's so good to speak with you again. I was really blown away by your journey. So if you guys haven't heard his initial interview, definitely check that out at theoffbeatlife.com. But today we're going to talk about really figuring out the right place for you, right? Because there's so much that you can do with this newfound freedom that you have. And Chase, you've been doing this for a very long time and you have a lot of tips for us. But before we get to that, can you tell us about you and why you live an offbeat life? Yeah, sure. So I am an American currently living in Spain. I've been here for almost four years. And prior to that, for the last 12 years, uh, which is the entirety of my career after university or college, I've um, I've been working remotely and, and traveling a lot. And particularly with my, my wife and our Siberian Husky, uh, we digital nomaded around the world for a while. But currently, we live here in Spain. We've both been able to establish location independence and, uh, and try to take advantage of that as much as possible. Traveling three or four or five months out of the year, a lot of it in our camper van around Europe, sometimes to other fun places around the world. But all kind of with the idea that we like to have our our balance, our career, our lives, but also keep that adventurous side going. <laughs> well, you do. You have a very adventurous lifestyle. And every time you mention your dog, I'm like, oh, dog. <laughs> like Everything that I was going to say, I forget because I'm like, dog? Oh, dog. We can always <laughs> revert back to dog. Uh, that There would be no, no problem for me uh, there. <laughs> It's it's so funny because every time Chase mentions his dog, I'm like, oh, dog, how's the dog? I'm like, how's he doing? <laughs> like, My dog is, is genuinely more popular than I am. Like people <laughs> will walk up to me here in Valencia and be like, hey, I remember your dog. Uh, who are you again? <laughs> it's like, I don't remember you because I always look down at your dog, but not yeah, you. Exactly. Who are you? <laughs> That is hilarious. So this lifestyle is obviously not as easy as we think. There's a lot that goes into it. And the first thing about transition is really transitioning from your regular desk job nine to five to a remote lifestyle, right? So there's a lot of things that we can tap into. But the first thing that I wanted to talk to you about is really what type of skills do we need to learn so that we can be prepared for this and actually get a job? 
Yeah, great question. Like the, so the remote companies that I, like I, a little bit of background real quick. I work at a fully remote company that has been doing remote work um, and 100 people in 35 different countries for more than 10 years. So we've, we've really figured out how to do remote work at a high level. Uh, and we collaborate with some of the other leading remote first organizations in the world. So we all kind of trade you know, secrets with each other, I guess, but we, we, we share it all pretty openly as well. Like this is what makes a good remote worker. So a lot of our content is generated towards this, helping people become really good at working remotely because it does take a little bit of, of a change of mentality. Um, it takes a lot of intentionality is the word that comes to mind. Most often you have to kind of shed some of the things that we learned in school um, and in university. It's just a different way of doing things and put a little bit more intentionality behind how you're going to approach remote work. So for instance, a lot of us are really good communicators because we're used to communicating face-to-face or over the phone, and that has helped you succeed a lot in the past. But what remote organizations are really looking for is predominantly really good written skills. So that doesn't mean if you're a really good verbal communicator that you can't be a good written communicator also. I would be more of a talker than I would be a writer But I had to learn to write and learn to write in the setting of communicating succinctly because there's a lot of communication. This isn't long form writing articles or emails. This is trying to get a lot of information packed into as few words as possible and do it in a very thorough way. So that's an art and a skill that can be learned and and tweaked and tailored. And so it's one of those things that if you don't have it right now, you should put some effort into learning how can I be a better written communicator? How can I achieve communicating this idea in fewer words and in a more clear way. Uh, and there's, there's lots of resources out there on, on how to do this. So this is something that we're looking for in the remote world. We're also looking for people that can do everything without having to have someone looking over their shoulder. So th- that's generally because we can't be looking over your shoulder if you're working on the <laughs> other side of the world. But we, we want to know that we can trust you to be working without having to surveil your your laptop or track mouse clicks or something like that. <laughs> we want to know that you're working based on the work that you're delivering and not on having to track you. So these are a couple things. If you can ex- kind of exhibit that you have those skills, hey, I'm good at writing. I'm also good at holding myself accountable and taking the initiative then those two things are going to get your foot in the door at the bare minimum. Yeah. And from what I am hearing from you is that you really have to be a good communicator, right? And also be independent, an independent worker, because without those two things, then you're pretty much not going to succeed as a remote worker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't get any credit just for showing up in the remote world. And that gets people through a lot in the in the in-office space. Often, I mean, literally you walk through the door and you might only do two hours of work in the day, but just for being there, you get credit for eight. And, and often in a conference room, the loudest voice in the room wins, you know, the, the, that idea that gets brought up first by the most confident person um, is the one that everybody latches onto. But in the remote world, it's, it's much more about, less about hours and inputs and, and speaking up and more about quality and, and, and succinctness in that sense. So it's, it's really kind of interesting how these dynamics change the way we approach work. And this is good news for people who are introverts. 
That's very <laughs> right? good news for introverts. Yes, very good news. <laughs> and <laughs> and also times, it's great for diversity. It's It, it works yeah. wonders for diversity as well. There's a lot of benefits that can come in that sense as well. Exactly. Because I'm sure a lot of people are like, yeah, I have a lot of ideas, but I'm too shy to, you know, to speak up. But now, you know, you don't have to. You just write it down and send it off. <laughs> You're good to yep. go. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's been so interesting. I've met some of the most I've, I've met some of my teammates before who are unbelievably extroverted in the written form um, and really outgoing, like very active on Twitter, for instance, and, and in our internal chat system, you know, just very active, very well thought out, long drafts of projects that we should do and stuff. But then when you get in person, you go, oh, wow, actually, you don't like to speak at all. And <laughs> but they thrive in their role. And I can't help but think you would not have you wouldn't be able to do well in the in the in office setting without yeah. that, that bit of the personality. So I think it's really great for introverts. Love that. See, this is a good thing for you introverts out there. <laughs> <laughs> So get it, get get out there and do it. Love that. So now let's switch gears and talk more about the lifestyle, right? Because like you mentioned, Chase, you and your wife have been traveling around to a lot of different countries, a lot of different places. And many of you may not know this, but there's a lot of different lifestyle to this remote place too. Like you can be a digital nomad, you can be a location independent, you could be working from home. Like what is the difference and what is kind of like the pros and cons from what you have found that you experienced for yourself? So I, I basically had like three different chapters of my career. One was working remotely at a hybrid company that was mainly in the office. Most people were in the office and I was one of the few remote employees. And I had to live close enough to the office, you know, within three or four or five, six hours, you know, a short flight at least to be able to get there for meetings, you know, once a month or once a quarter or something like that. So that was one stage and that was remote. That's like working from home. That would be titled working from home, remote work. Then I was digital nomading for several years where every week or month or maybe three months, <laughs> it was changing locations and constantly looking for a new place to work. And it was super fun, but super frantic in terms of work. And then the third one is this chapter of like location independence and sort of like a slow mad, like being home, having my home base, but a couple months a year I travel, I can take the laptop with me, but I know I really thrive when I'm in my routine and have my dedicated, I go to a dedicated co-working space. I sit at my same desk every day. Um, it's really quite boring in, in, terms of the, <laughs> in terms of the nine to five. But the three different chapters of that all are kind of united by one thing, which is really having a system. Um, and in that first chapter, I had no system. I didn't think at all about like, what would be the best way for me to do this thing? I just said, I woke up on a Monday and I picked up my laptop and I felt like sitting at the kitchen table. So I sat at the <laughs> kitchen table. Maybe I got dressed. Maybe I just stayed in, in my PJs. Uh, the next day I would wake up at an hour earlier, an hour later and go here, or go there. And it, it just, there was no consistency. And I thought that was fine, but it wasn't like in, in retrospect, I look at what I have now and, and the, how I've tweaked my system to where I have uh, I have a dedicated space to go. I get dressed every single day. Like I get dressed as if I'm going to the office with my coworkers, even if I decide to sit at home. I have a, a friend in the remote work world that says, just wear pants. <laughs> that's, his, <laughs> that's his rule. <laughs> he goes, as long as you wear pants, you'll be, you'll be fine. But it's these little things, like literally as, as juvenile as it sounds, like getting dressed, having a place to go to work, removing some of the choice in your day can be super valuable. Like 
for instance, I put it on my calendar. I used to think every day, oh, tomorrow I'll wake up, you know, at such and such time, I'll start work around such and such time. And then I'll, maybe I'll go to the gym and then, you know, I'll, I'll finish work later, but I would never make time for the gym. For instance, now Mm -hmm. I put that on my calendar. It's, it's fixed. So I don't have to think about, am I maybe going to go or am I not going to go? So I put my personal stuff on my work calendar and I block those times out and I, and I hold true to them. I have my the time that I get started at work and the time that I finish at work. And I try to separate those two things very, very strictly. And I, and I don't bend on that. If, if somebody says, Hey, can you have a meeting at 7 PM on a Tuesday when I'm, you know, already planning to be done with work by then? I, I don't say yes. Having the system, having some rules, some structure can pay countless dividends. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. I I mention this all the time whenever I discuss this with with people is that you want to get out of that work routine. It's kind of like we're rebelling against it once we leave the nine to five and then we find that it actually is a good thing for us. But And then we talked about this with the initial interview. It's actually about the freedom that you're giving yourself and you choose to put whatever it is that you want to put in your calendar and not somebody else doing it. Obviously, you may still have employers to answer to, but you know when you want to do it, how you want to do it is up to you. And I also found that when I set a routine for myself, like waking up at a certain time, doing, you know, whatever it is that I want to do, and then getting to work at a certain time is so crucial. Like you wouldn't think that you'd be like, it's so funny, right? I don't know. Is that just, it is, is it just like being human beings? But I don't know. Or maybe it's just the type of people that we are. (laughs) I don't know. Because I don't. (laughs) It might might be. I mean, our company is also a productivity company. Like we produce productivity software, so we kind of get into this stuff. And (laughs) it's it's one of those things where like we all tend to think we're way better at this than we actually are. Even there's a spectrum. Like some are better at it than others. uh, Just kind of winging it. That is. But generally Mm -hmm. speaking, even the person who's great at winging it would be better, even a little bit better with some kind of, of system in place and, and touching on like something you just mentioned, which is the options thing. Like for me, what location into what I've become to love about location independence, almost more than the location aspect is like the freedom to create my own schedule. Yeah. And within that, giving myself some structure. So like I tend to wake up super early, um, at five or 6am and if I, in a traditional setting, like if the office opens at nine, like what am I doing for those four hours? And at the same time, <laughs> I really like to take like a long break in the middle of the day. Maybe it's because I've gotten used to the Spanish lifestyle, but like I like a two or three hour midday break to have some lunch, get some exercise, relax a little bit, get back to work later. Instead of having these rigid rules around like, okay, from nine to five with a one hour lunch break, I can kind of craft my own work day. And I've, and I've done that by, you know, working a couple hours in the morning that start earlier than the average person and then having a long break in the middle of the day and then ending at the same time as everybody else in the afternoon. And I think that's what really is important for everybody is like just figuring out what works for you. Once you have this freedom, yeah. play with a couple different options and systems and, and try different things, figure out if a co-working's for you or a coffee shop or working from home. But create a space, create a schedule, a little bit of a routine, and then work within that and, and tweak it as you need. 
Yeah, because honestly, what we could be talking about right now, you and I, Chase, somebody may not, it may not work for them, right? So it's, again, like you mentioned, you have to figure this out yourself because, you know, we we don't know. We just don't know what's going to (laughs) work for you. So that's, and that's one of the best things about this lifestyle is that you really create that life that is for you and what's going to work for you, what's going to work for your productivity and what's best for you, your family and, you know, the the life that you want. So I love that. And again, it, it comes with responsibility. It's not as easy as people think. There's there's <laughs> exactly. other issues that come up, you know, when you're not working in your nine to five anymore. But for those of you who are like us, who love that freedom um, to be able to choose, it's definitely worth the worth the work and also worth the wait, you know, to to be able to to get into this type of of life. So love it. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much, Chase, for giving us all of these tips. So if our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, find me on uh, me personally on, on LinkedIn or Twitter, uh, Chase Warrington on LinkedIn or at DC Warrington on Twitter. I'm, uh, I'm getting back into Twitter now. So uh, <laughs> trying to give it a, trying to be a good Twitter citizen. You can also find more information on remote work in general at our at Duist blog. That's the company I work for Duist. Our blog is blog.duist.com. And there's a whole remote work section with tons of tips and tricks and tools and info there for people aspiring to be remote workers or people who want to level up remote work. Um, and then find me personally. I, I, uh, I also host a podcast called About Abroad. And so you can go to aboutabroad.com and there's a contact form there if you'd, uh, if you'd like to reach out about any of the content related to About Abroad. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chase. We can't wait to look at all of the information that you gave us. We really appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you, Debbie. It was a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this extended interview with Chase. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the full interview where he shares how to stay productive while living on the road. Hey friend, are you looking to land a remote gig ASAP? Well, did you know that we not only have a ton of online jobs you can apply to on our site, but now we are also sending them straight to your inbox. I'm happy to announce that we will be sending our email subscribers legit online jobs every Wednesday. We have done hours of research so you don't have to. If you want to be the first one to hear about the remote gigs we find, go to theoffbeatlife.com to subscribe. Thanks for joining me on this extended interview. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We can also chat some more on Facebook at The OB Life. I'll talk to you soon.